year where we brush the dust off of our ponies literally and figuratively all of the winter hair comes off of them all of our winter clothes come off of us and we get on the back of horses and uh, last weekend my little sister and I got to do what we love to do most which is go just go on a ride and that got me thinking about cowgirls and and what makes a cowgirl um, some of the best cowgirls in our life and then how we're trying to raise cowgirls. And there's a lot of discussion in our community about what makes a cowgirl. We wanna just, I just wanna talk about it, talk through it. Because in my life, and and I think in Alex's too, of course we're on a ranch, so we're surrounded by animals we're taking care of, and that's definitely one of the criteria of being a cowgirl for us. Um, but we spend a lot of time with our daughters, uh, my daughters, Edie and Rosie, who are four and six, telling them that they're cowgirls and when they're having a tough day to, you know, to kind of use those cowgirl qualities to help get them through it. And I've been thinking about that, like, well, what does that mean? And um, my husband, we were just talking about this in the kitchen before we started recording, had that conversation with little Rosie right before, well, yesterday when they were going to go out and feed the calves. And I think Rosie must have said, you know, she wanted to she has really she a change her outfit, change her outfit. <laughs> and she my girls change their outfits like six times a day based on what it is that they're doing and the outfit part of things the identity of what a cowgirl is sometimes can be based around or especially when you're a little kid what you see is kind of what how you define things what people look like what it looks like is how they define it so she must have asked Chad like am I want to wear my sandals and my shorts or whatever. Does that that doesn't does that mean I'm still a cowgirl? Um, and Chad said you can be a cowgirl and wear whatever you want, but you still have to do the work and you still have to go feed the calves and and, and you, probably no sandals in the barn, right. no flip flops in the that barn. That was a rule. <laughs> that was a rule that he did have, which she repeated to me. I can wear what I want, but no sandals in the barn, <laughs> and just for safety's sake. And I think they've learned the lesson about riding with their shorts and and things yeah. like that. So as long as it's a little bit practical, um, but. I was laughing when we brought the first bottle calf into the entryway. And, well, you were, were you there for that? Yep. Kevin, the bottle calf? Oh, not Kevin. Kevin, the first one. So they were in there like princess dresses, and Kevin came in the bar. <laughs> they named it Kevin after. Um, and they looked at him, and they looked at each other, and then they ran back into the house quick, quick, to get changed into their cowgirl outfits so they could do the the cowgirl work, but they had to look the they part. Look. The ear girls <laughs> always look the part of the cowgirls. I feel like they got it down. So I've been thinking about, you know, what makes an, a cowgirl. And so I'd be curious. I kind of know my criteria, but for you, Alex, who's the ultimate cowgirl in your mind? What What's the definition for you? Um, I think, I mean, you had mentioned like Grandma Edie and um, just somebody who can kind of do it all like mm -hmm. there's somebody who's not afraid to get in there with the guys and they can saddle their own horse and catch their own horse and they take care of the calves and they take care of the food and they're just tough like mm -hmm. I remember thinking I don't have like a ton of confidence so thinking like wow that's super cool that they're in there giving shots and giving tags and like I always wanted to when I was younger 
um, make sure that I could help wrestle calves and Mm -hmm. just do that stuff. Um, And definitely, I think when I was younger, I felt like I was way more of a cowgirl than I even do now because Mm -hmm. I had, um, you know, I could wrestle calves and I was just in there. Now I'm a little bit more reserved because, you know, I'm not. Well, I think motherhood, that's a really good point. And I've heard this from other cowgirls in my life. Motherhood sort of shakes that identity. And there's even a poem I should try to dig out that's about that, where you were in the pens and you, as a woman, maybe a single woman, as a young girl, Mm -hmm. you were doing all of these cowboy things. And then suddenly motherhood has you sidelined and your identity is totally shaken. And that definitely happened with me too, where when we moved back to the ranch, I was in it. I was doing all of the things I could to help. I was knew what you know, knew about the cows, knew about the plans, knew about where the new fences were going. At least I knew what was going on, was on a horse as much as I could get on a horse. Um, of course, I'm not a rodeo um, cowgirl, but there that's another aspect to it. But then you have kids and you need to be there for them. And the cowgirl motherhood thing sort of shakes your identity a little bit where you can't just go out on, you have to have a baby strapped to your chest all the time. Yeah. You can't just go in the pen either without thinking of like, Oh gosh, if I try to wrestle this calf and I get kicked, then I can't take care of my kids or I'm still going to have to take care of my kids, but this might happen or. Yeah. It puts like another layer on And just making sure you have eyes on your kids in that situation. Cause our kids are so young right now. Mm -hmm. Like we've talked about that too. That will change. But even when we went for a ride with dad, he said, you, you know, Oh, just why wouldn't you be out on a ride today? And we both like each other, kids. <laughs> you know, because we have somebody. We have to make sure, like that, somebody Chad's can home, watch our kids. Someone's watching them. Yeah, it was just like the perfect morning that morning. Because I think we're the same. If we have the opportunity to get on a horse we're or to get in, and to do that stuff, to get in the pen, we will. But sometimes, and I think you mentioned it in your um, column too, is like being a cowgirl is the one that is taking care of the kids so other people can work. Mm -hmm. Like I remember kind of when I had younger kids um, or when I had just had Ada or just Emma, I can't remember, but like there was a branding and I was like, kind of like, oh, I got to take care of all these kids. I don't get to be in the action. Like, is this going to be what it's like? And it's not really what I wanted. But then remembering like if I didn't watch the kids, then who? Right. Then you're down a man. We're down down somebody to work. So, um, just finding your worth in any way that you can help out the ranch. And that's kind of, I think how I came into living out here is like with that mentality, like maybe we don't have like, we don't have a part of the cows or I don't own my own horse or any of that stuff, but like I will do whatever I can to help out in any mm-hmm. way. I want to help as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but does that make me less of a cowgirl? Cause I'm yeah. not well, isn't that invested in the mm-hmm. business side of it, but I can still, well, and you can, I have a vision. This just happened to us this spring. So I work, you know, 75 jobs on <laughs> raising these kids. And I'm having a moment right now where it's just, even when Alex walked into the kitchen today, to be perfectly honest, like we woke the kids up, my little kids, to bring them into town to help with 4-H cleanup day. On the back of my mind, I'm like, we get this thing done, then we go home, then I feed them, then I do, uh, I have to write my column, I have to do the podcast, I have to, um, whatever other tasks that are on my, because I run an arts foundation too. And then, you know, my husband walks in and he's interrupting my plan and we get in a little like argument about whatever. But there's so much on your mind and it's so much of a juggling act um, that I even just now like lost my train of thought about what the point of that was, <laughs> except for you're doing all the things 
just as you said, to make the operation run. That sometimes comes to a head and you see it, you don't see it day to day, but then you come home, the spring week that happened. You probably were watching Rosie and I came into the driveway. I knew that the guys were maybe gonna do something with the cattle that day, but I didn't think I was gonna get in on it or I'm not sure what the schedule was. And I pull up into like the, the approach of the ranch and the guys are in the pen and they're sorting cows out. I can't remember what they were doing. Some were being sold or we were doctoring them or whatever, but uh, they needed help. And so I had maybe Edie and Alex comes up down the road because she's over the hill and she has all of the girls in the side by side and I jump in the pen and I have my town clothes on and I'm freezing because I don't have the right attire but they need help right now right so I'm writing numbers down and helping them sort cows then dad hollers over to you go shut the gate right yeah. what gate the gate down by the creek whatever yeah and you're tooling around with all of the kids in the side by side singing singing <laughs> to go do that to help right yeah but because they need one extra person and that's a family ranch and that's kind of yeah. like the work that you see people do that we grew up seeing women do yeah. here yeah. and that leads me into just you know my definition of a cowgirl which is grandma Edie and Shirley Meyer yeah. and Nancy Jell said and mom in a way because mm -hmm. she was doing the work that you know the furthest from who you would define as a cowgirl but she was doing the work that needed to be done so that dad could be out yeah. there and she's not riding horses she's not fixing fences she's not doing the, necessarily the ranch work but she's committed to the the lifestyle the lifestyle and that's mm -hmm. how she wanted her kids to be raised and so she made sacrifices to be out here big sacrifices to be out here to raise her kids in this environment but I saw Grandma Edie and Shirley Meyer doing all of the things, even beyond some of the cowboys that I was yeah. seeing doing the things. And what I mean by that is Grandma Edie, and I was young when we lost her. I was 10 or 11. You knew her up until you were six or seven. But she was riding, moving cattle. She was feeding cows, right? So she was in the back of the pickup yeah, I remember feeding <laughs> cows remember? with her in the morning. That's like a main memory I have of Where her. Where she's standing in the back back of the pickup scooping them out scooping out cake for the cattle or driving and dad scooping cake out or something but I saw her in all the roles I saw her on horseback I saw her knowing what calves belonged to what cows where they were going what summer you know the whole operation of the ranch in which she was raising her kids and that she built with her husband and then I saw her going in the kitchen, making sure that she had all of the food lined out yeah. for the help when they got into the house. And Shirley was the same way. She's in the pen. She knew all the cows. Yep. She knew all the horses, yep. knows all the horses. I shouldn't be speaking about her in past tense because <laughs> she's still very much doing the work that she's doing. Shirley was on a ranch right next door to us when we were growing up. They've since moved into a different area, but we were always there helping as neighbors do. So you got to see yeah. the work that she was doing. And, um, she would then go and make like the best meals, have the best roast beef, the best, yeah. you know, whatever. Just they wore all the hats. We, they yeah. wore all the hats and they made sure that, you know, the house was clean enough to have guests around and which is a whole nother yeah. aspect. And meanwhile, where their kids are where a are little bit, I mean, maybe yeah. not what they're getting into all the time. Right. But well, <laughs> we knew her more as kids where her kids were like more teenagers, yeah. but that's the other thing. Yeah. Keeping an eye on your children while also wanting them to learn. Yeah. So we're in that realm where our kids are old enough and Chad and I've had this conversation with the two girls, like 
we they can be helping now yeah. and making those and instilling those cowgirl qualities in them means they need to get their butts up and feed those calves every day even when they don't want to Mm -hmm. and yeah riding horses is fun but you need to understand how to take care of the animal you know what its use is and um being brave up there and uh also kind of knowing when to ask questions and all of the things you know that that you just slowly mold a kid into which I don't know if Maybe we're being a little too conscious of it. I'm not sure. But I was thinking about it in context of even the 4-H thing that we were doing. Like, I could have very much just said, well, she's only six. Like, what are we going to do to help, really? Because we're clover buds, and I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old. I shouldn't, I don't think we can help. But we drove into town. We had our rakes. And she loved it. Yeah. She, both, Edie and Rosie both And you see that you have to have hard work to get the... If you don't do that, then you don't really get to have 4-H or it doesn't turn out, it doesn't look the same. That's part of it. And I think all the things you're talking about with the horses and like teaching the girls about taking care of them and riding them and being brave is like, I want that for my girls because I remember being able to go catch Mm -hmm. Annie or Rindy and being able to hop on bareback and being able to ride. And like, I want that for my kids more than anything. Mm -hmm. But if you don't instill those things in them now, yeah, like I worry that they might not know how or not. Be empowered. Be to empowered do it. to do it, mm-hmm. um, and I want them to feel like they can that's such do those a, things by themselves. That's such a perfect point to put on that. That cowgirl or cowboy mentality is being capable. Yeah, and to be on a ranch and to be helpful means you need to be capable. Yeah, and I think the biggest goal of chat of us raising kids, and I think you're the same way, you and Travis, is we want to raise girls because we have girls, mm-hmm. right? Boys will be the same way, but to be capable. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking Chad a question like that. Um, in one of my other pieces and he said, I just want them to be the girl that can back that trailer up, can back yeah. the trailer up, that doesn't have to ask a, a man to help her change her tire, that that can, if she wants to go to a rodeo, mm-hmm. she can drive herself to a rodeo. I can't sit here and say that I had, I developed all of those capabilities. Yeah, I'm not like <laughs> the most capable person, but I think again too, like I moved away from the ranch mm-hmm. for a while and came back and I came back as a mother, basically, mm-hmm. pretty much. You I was did. I didn't live on the ranch until I was a mother. So a lot of that stuff I need to honestly relearn, but I mm-hmm. want to, and there's gonna be a time for that. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, and so, you learn again right alongside of them. Yeah. But I remember sitting next to dad trying to learn how to drive a stick shift on yeah. the hardest pickups on in the world to learn to drive stick shift. And I connected that like quality with being a real cowgirl. Yeah. Like I'm not going to be able to claim this title if I can't drive a stick shift pickup. And those pickups that dad had back in the day were really hard to drive. I got in the, a Dodge Dakota after that. And I'm like, Oh, this is what it should be. <laughs> this is how easy it should be. That's a little bit how it was just being the only girls on the place. Yeah. There was, and I don't know if you felt like that, but I always wondered like, Oh God would, dad want to have a boy out here? Would it be um, well, easier for him? Well, I kind of always think like that when we're riding and chasing cows <laughs> because I can't ever stop talking and uh. I'm not the most helpful cow chaser in the world because <laughs> my anxiety and my, I don't know. It's high pressure. Have, it's high pressure. <laughs> so instead I just talk the whole time and <laughs> well, <they're, laughs> I'm not very helpful, but I'm a really great gate garter. Gate garter. That's all we were both. Yeah. Gate, gate <laughs> I spent garters. a lot of my childhood guarding a gate when I, there was no cow in sight. <laughs> it's like, like just stay here. 
<laughs> just stay here. But even those little tasks like closing and opening a gate. Yeah. When you're a tiny little girl with these noodle arms, I remember struggling with it. You know, we didn't have the new fences back then or the new like latches. It was just all old 80-year-old gates and fences. And just wanting to be able to, that capability, I could get on the horse, I could yeah. ride, I could go anywhere, but the gates were in my way. Yeah, you and had to plan out like, your ride with oh, what gates you could I open. I remember pushing yeah. and trying so hard to get the gates closed and crying and just yes. being mad, <laughs> like screaming, you're alone, no one going to hear you. I'm probably 12 or 13. I just want to be able to do this yeah. and I can't do it. And then being annoyed with yeah. myself. How can we figure this out? Too. Yeah. And then now I'm going to have to call dad to come and close this gate. I couldn't close. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be that person, but there are limitations just physically <laughs> to some of that too, which would have, could have been any boy that, yeah. you know, at that age. But to me, I connected it a little bit with like, Oh, if I was a boy, I would be able to shut this gate. Who knows? Yeah. Know. I'll probably be a wussy <laughs> <Probably>. boy too. <laughs> But that capability starts now. Yeah. So last weekend, we dad went to Alex's and Alex and said he was going to go on a ride. Of course, this time of year, we're moving cattle around the place a lot and watching, still having some calves being born. And Alex's, your ears I said, up. <laughs> hmm, it's a really nice day for a ride. I want, I, that would be a great thing to do. And dad's like, well, come with. I'm with that. That's why I came over. I don't know what it is. But, um, I looked at my husband. He's like, yeah, go. So it was just the perfect time that I texted Jesse. Hey, you want to go on a ride? And I think she was like, well, it's fine. Like, I know. We and do then that. I was like, yeah, I don't think she means that. Are you a texter? Are you sure? <laughs> like, you're going to be really sad if you I miss out sure. on this ride. So I would have like, sad. okay, yep. We'll meet, I'll meet you over there. And taking those, that opportunity to get yeah. on the back of a horse. And so we were able to leave the kids with the guys and we rode with the dad all to just looking for cows, which we never found. And no. then it turned into just a ride, which was so nice. Then we met the girls all down at the barnyard and got her, Alex's two little girls on the ponies and my girls on a couple of big horses were trying them out. We have some horses on the place that are getting a little bit older but what was really special is Alex has, you have a horse named Cuss that you kind of grew up on. And it's weird to measure your life in horse yeah. years. Because Be- I still think Cuss is young. Yeah. I was like, no, I don't know if he's going to. Because. But then you're like, he is old. He's I'm old. Like, oh, I guess so. I am too now. I have a <laughs> column about that a little bit about measuring your life out here in horses. And that's kind of what this column really brings the horse into the discussion of what a cowgirl is. But yeah, when we moved back to the ranch, Cuss was 10, maybe 12 years old. It's been 10 years later, he's in his 20s. So we're talking about these horses that we could put our kids on. They're the horses that raised us. Yeah. It's Cuss and it's Cowboy, which is Chad's horse um, that we had as a colt here because dad is a horse trainer. So there's these horses that raised us that are now we're putting our kids on. Yeah. And what a special thing to be able to trust that horse with our daughters. Yeah. What a cool thing. So Alex, Alex is cuss. Of course, all the horses are everyone's horses, but you've picked the one you connect with the most. And Cuss always had a little bit of spirit like you, a little wild hair. We got in some fights a couple times. <laughs> and she was able, Edie was riding him and getting used to him in the arena, my daughter, my oldest daughter. And then you were able to ride with your daughters on Cuss. And yeah, that was really special. Fun. I was saying, because um, when I was pregnant with Emma, I had Ada, 
on the back of cuss. So it was Ada was in front. I was pregnant with Emma and we were all riding cuss. So then I got each of the girls you were on, all the, on at the same yeah, time. And then I got to have them both on with me and cuss. And pro, I mean, they're getting kind of big for us to all be on the saddle again. So yeah, we tried that. But it was pretty funny. I asked Emma, who was kind of my more like free spirit a little bit, a little wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's too like, do you want to go fast? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we trotted and Emma just laughed and laughed. And then I'd slow down. She'd go, do it again. <laughs> she liked to go fast. So. And Ada, Alex's oldest, would stay. She would still be on the horse. Yeah, if she we just likes to down. go around and around and around. So it's pretty fun to see those qualities in our kids. It isn't just that connection that to animals to animal. Mm-hmm. And I think girls and horses have a special connection. I think you even said it like when you and this is kind of what the calm is about. There's some sort of we're talking about being empowered. But when you get up and when I got up on the back of those horses and we could do it ourselves and we could go by ourselves, some of that equals the playing field a little Mm -hmm. bit. Like we could be as capable, as fast, as strong on the back of a horse as anyone. And I'm not trying to make it like cowboys versus cowgirls, but there's a little bit of just that physical toughness, like the strength that sometimes women get stronger later in their lives and they're building muscle and it's the same thing in building confidence but um that equal playing field that a horse creates that okay we're up here we're together that vision in the beginning of the column you'll hear that riding side by side with your husband or the man in your life and feeling like you're equals of course and that you're you know ranching out here you're doing this task together side by side i have the best memories of my relationship with my husband and my dad yeah. on the back of a horse like that is the thing that we could always do that would center everything again. well and i even feel like getting on a horse now that i'm older brings me back to being a kid like it yeah. makes me feel like way younger yeah and it makes me feel a little bit more like free spirited which is like not who i am anymore but i think it's who i was right so it kind of brings me back to that time and um, where I felt, but I you know. are that person on the back of a horse. Yeah. It's so it mm-hmm. just, it, I think it would even gives me a little bit more confidence when I'm yeah. on a horse. Cause it like reminds me, Oh yeah, I can do these I'm things. I'm capable like, of this. I, I might have... not look like it when you see me out and about, but these are things that I could do. Like I always joke to Travis when he first met me, this is probably the last thing that he thought he would be is living on a ranch with my family. And like when he met you in the bar in your flannel, <laughs> yeah, like going and riding horses and branding and doing these things. But, um, I mean, you can be more than one thing. Yeah. It's kind of what we were saying. You can be little hippie girl that I was in the bar <laughs> and then also be a cowgirl on the ranch. People want to put you in a box so much. And it happens to me so much where it's like, Oh, I thought you were, the singer. Yeah. Are you, and then, or you run the, you work for the arts foundation or you, you know, I thought you were a rancher or whatever, but like, I'm all of these things and all of these things are connected into my identity, especially in, in my art and my music. It's always been connected to the ranch, but then you might see me on stage, you know, and not, and maybe I'm telling a different story that day, or I look a little bit, not like what you think, a cowgirl should look like or what you identified me as, but there's, that's human. That's being human. I think we have to remember that in any case, like there's so many stories that follow us and we hold kind of in our gut, but the horse thing, and I'll play this song at the end of the podcast. I wrote a song called horses and home to me that, that is just that 
comparison of, and you just said it, of being a little more free up there Mm -hmm. and the smell of a horse and being on the back of a horse, all of that is connected to home for me. It's It's the same thing. The horses are home to me. They remind me of being, like you said, that 10-year-old girl and learning Mm -hmm. to be a woman and to be capable and to be someone that can help and can contribute and is valuable because that's all you want to be is is trying to find your path and find your way. And horses have really helped Mm -hmm. me do that. And there are times when I've been on the back of a horse where I've felt the least confident in my life too, where because dad (laughs) is a horse trainer, he would put me on the back of these four-year-olds and they would run all the way back to the barn with me. And I'd feel like completely incapable of getting anything under control. But then when you do make that move or teach that horse that thing that you didn't think you would be able to learn, um, then you feel like you can kind of do anything. But they're a good equalizer. That's for sure. I said it a million times already. But I'm watching Newt out the window, actually, a bay horse that I rode for a while. And I remember a connection... I had with him when I first moved back. I think I didn't have any kids yet. Um, And we were running other people's cattle on the place. And dad was gone, or he was not in the same pasture. But the people who were running cattle on our place, I was helping them gather. And I was the only one on the place that was there that day or with those guys. And then um, I was in my mind like, oh my gosh, nervous basically. Because there's all of that like, they're watching you, whatever. Yeah. And then someone commented to dad, like I did a good job and I'm a grown woman, <laughs> but I was like, phew, okay. That like, one. oh, that's quite the horse or she can really ride or something that, you know, just a little thing like that mm-hmm. was made me proud of myself, I guess. There's a couple times in my life where it was like, and there will be more and there will be for our girls where it's like, they're okay, they know enough now. Let's yeah. send them loose. And I think watching, well, we even said it, watching our girls um, ride horses is different. When we were kids, you think you're invincible, right? Yeah. So we started riding when we were really young. I know, you that's especially. what we were saying. Like, I was like, gosh, when you post that picture of Jerry, I'm like, I was like out riding by myself at that age like maybe there's other adults mm-hmm. around but like I wasn't around them we were talking no about, like, they the weren't trail walking ride. beside no. you they weren't leading Jerry. no I was getting <laughs> ran by Jerry into a tree branch but and it's like okay so we were let loose on these horses yeah. like figure it out but then we're parents and grandparents are in the mix and you're putting your babies up on these massive animals with a ton of trust and it's a little bit like okay, when do you like let go yeah. and let them take the reins and let like Edie's kind of in that space. She's six. She'll be seven in November. Yeah. And she's doing so she's good. She's ready yeah. for cuss. She's ready for a big horse. She wants to be helpful and wants to be capable. She's done the same thing with taking on the calf chores. Like yeah. she knows every bottle, how full they have to be filled. What's the tap? And she wants to do it. But as parents, it's like, okay, I'm letting go and trusting you to figure this out on the back of this massive animal. In the meantime, when we were that age, it was like, here, watch the gate. Yeah, and then we would say, like, when you were saying, too, I remember 
when we'd go riding, would I ever put a saddle on? No, because it was way too much work. So we oh. were not only just riding, but we just didn't have saddles Especially on. Especially we when just we're just gone. doing it for fun. Yeah. And then you would trot and run and see how who would fall off first yeah. or whatever. And then we watch our kids and it's like, oh, they should be in a full body. <laughs> and go back another generation. There's video on my Any More Real Cowboys um, music video. I'll put a link in. Uh, of dad riding Stormy and he was probably four. Yeah. And he's on bareback behind a whole slew of cattle and his dad is, you know, whatever. They're just doing their thing. So it's just part of the lifestyle, but coming at it from my nostalgia is different than coming at it in the present day as a parent. As a mother, yeah. (laughs) As a mother worried that your kid's going to just go flying off over the hill and you'll never see her again. The worst case scenario. It's very different. So, <laughs> And yet wanting them to feel like they can. Yeah. So but I that think balance. that's like what a metaphor for parenthood. Yeah. Anyway, like you want to just keep them safe, but you want them to be capable. And how do you make them capable? You make, let them do those hard yeah. things. Well, while I told you, you my goal is to stop saying, be careful a hundred times a day and to drop it to like 50 <laughs> just times a say day. Say it in your head. Yeah. Be well, careful. and also like, as a kid, when mom said careful, did it make us change our behavior no. at all? <laughs> just, Especially when it was said over and over. It's definitely a different generation and where there's a little bit more focus on safety and helmets and, <laughs> you know, not just sending them on the bull without a vest. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So we get the privilege of raising little cowgirls out here. So that was on the back of my mind. And um, we'll have a summer building those muscles and those connections with our girls and the horses and hopefully get on um, more horses ourselves. You know, there's all all sorts of conversations around what makes a cowgirl, who can call themselves cowgirl. I think that's personal to people. I think that's not something that anyone needs to define for the whole world. Mm -hmm. For me, a cowgirl is definitely connected to ranching and taking care of the animals, taking care of your families doing what you have to do, like you said, for the business of it all and the lifestyle of it all. For some people, being a cowgirl is, you know, being a barrel racer, really being competitive. Um, For some people, it's a memory that they have of their grandma. You know, you hear my kids stomping up the steps. (laughs) It's Rosie. It's Rosie. (laughs) Cowgirl Rosie. Okay. Maybe you guys can tell us. Do you want to tell us what you think a cowgirl is? What does what does being a cowgirl mean to you? Mm, riding horses. Riding horses. What does a cowgirl being a cowgirl mean to you, Edie? Um, helping the animals on the ranch. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about being a cowgirl? Riding horses. Oh, that's so fun, isn't it? What's your favorite thing, Rose? Um, looking at pigs. What? Looking at pigs. Looking at pigs? Oh. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any pigs, but... <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. <laughs> I want baby pigs. So do I. Baby pigs would be fun. <laughs> well, we're happy that you are little cowgirls and we can help you build your muscles out here. It'll be fun to see all you mm-hmm. cowgirls grow up. Well, thank you, Alex, for coming and visiting yeah. with me about what it means to be a cowgirl or what being a cowgirl means to you. Now I will read the column and we'll share Horses and Home at the end and I'll link up to Are There Any More Real Cowboys as well in the uh, in the notes of the podcast. So, all right. Now here's where, where we say thanks for listening and bye. Love you. Bye. Can you say it?
Bye, love Thanks. you, bye. Thanks for listening. Bye, love you, bye. Thanks for listening. Bye, love you, bye. All right, good job. See you next time. <laughs>
listening to this week's stories from the ranch if you want more content you can follow me on instagram at jesse beater or facebook at beater ranch if you want more information about my music you want to download it or hear more you can find that at jessebeatermusic.com or anywhere where you listen to music thanks for listening we'll see you next week